Hello guys, welcome back to the Talk Crystal Palace podcast. My name is Ollie. It has been a minute. Uh, I can only apologise for that. I have been basically all over the gaff. I've got a bit of a flu, as you can tell by my voice. Um, <clears throat> I've been on holiday a couple of times and just haven't had time to record. I thought I'd take a bit of a break. You know, I have been fairly consistent uh, this calendar year. So I thought, you know what, week or so off. Um, and I chose a good week, obviously, Everything in the Palace world was rosy, uh, is rosy still to this to this very day. We are through, of course, to the FA Cup semi-finals. Chelsea um, at Wembley, April 17th. And Christ, I'm excited. Um, last time we went to Wembley, I was only like 17. I feel like I could really attack the day this time. Um, you know, whole family's going. Um, and it's, I'm so excited, you know, it, the, to be in the same draw as Man City, Liverpool and Chelsea is like, obviously it's really intimidating, but also uh, it is kind of cool, isn't it? And it's nice to be the underdog, not expecting anything from the Chelsea game, just want to go and have a good day out. Um, and that Everton game was class, like obviously battered them. The most unpalace-like performance I've ever seen, really, like shows this team has really graduated um, from kind of, you know, unreliable to... To good, to good. And then, you know, to top it all off, Mark Gay, England call-up, Conor Gallagher, England call-up, and obviously our boy Tarek Mitchell, England call-up, um, all played. Uh, Gallagher assist, Gay wins the penalty. Mitchell should have had an assist, mate, if Watkins was just a bit taller. Um, then, you know, he gets an assist on his first England start. All did him proud. Jack Grealish, grooming Mitchell. Like, it's mad. It's mad that this is Palace, you know, and I watched especially Gay, man, against Switzerland. You know, playing in a set of, granted, Ben White and Connor Cody aren't, you know, like England starters, but Gay was by far the best centre back on the pitch. Like, he's so assured. His progressive passing is so good. Looked just so calm, looked unfazed by the occasion. But I don't know what I expected. That's, that is him in a nutshell. Mitchell, I thought, you know, was against Switzerland. He, would, he looked a bit nervous, understandably, but I thought against Ivory Coast, granted, different game. He looked really good, like quite dynamic, um, comfortable on the ball. Um, and Gallagher's Gallagher, like he's, you know, in my opinion, Gay and Gallagher will go to Qatar, um, providing Gallagher gets some game time next season if he's not with us. I just think what they offer is like so important. They're both young. They're the future of the England team. You've got to take him. Like it's better to have him than, you know, like a, I don't know, like a Ward Prowse, for example, in my opinion. I, I mean, I don't actually mind Ward Prowse, but just an example, like, you know, don't bring Connor Cody, bring Mark Gay. Like, do, you, do you see what I'm trying to say? Um, but the, the main reason, the, the, the purpose of this podcast is not to eulogise about Palace, which I've been doing non-stop on my Twitter. And if, if you are one of the few people who probably listen to this podcast and don't follow me, then do follow me at TalkCPFC. Um, another thing I've been going on about is Southgate and England. You know, every international break... There's negativity surrounding the England team for whatever reason that is, you know, whether it's, oh, our squad's rubbish. Why is this person playing? Um, you know, the fans, I mean, the fans are rubbish, to be fair. Um, you know, oh, God, we're so bad to watch, blah, blah, blah. And I just find it mad. Like, to, to give some context, I've been an England fan since I was born, which is in 1998. The first tournament I can really remember, or vaguely remember at least, was Euro 2004. Um Apparently, I cried for weeks when uh, when England lost to Portugal on pens, and that is that's been a running theme of my life really with England. I remember two thousand and six very clearly. Just like I thought we had the best team in the world, which we arguably did. You know why were we just so bad? Um, Year two thousand eight, God, I remember that that night, bro. We lost to Croatia um, and got knocked out. I 
obviously England lost, I was gutted, and I found out the tooth fairy wasn't real, bro, what an evening that was, in a bad way, 2010, oh, again, I didn't watch the Germany game, thankfully I was playing cricket, and yeah, Tory, funny, um, Again, like, just dreadful England-Algeria and that horrendous year 2012 was, like, marginally better. Um, but still lost, went out with a whimper. I mean, we we somehow got to pens against Italy. Um, 2014, like, Roy, I mean, do I even need to say any more? I can't even remember. Were Euro 2016? Were we even in that? I can't even remember that. Euro 2016? I can't even remember that. Which goes to show just how bad that probably was. What's that? Oh, of course, Roy again, mate. God, obviously beat Wales, lost to Iceland. Christ, I can't forget. And then Southgate comes in. And, you know, at this point, my interest in England is literally at an all-time low. We've had so many good squads. Uh, we've never, ever played well. We've never lived up to expectation. The, the team is just distinctly unlikable. No one cares. And then Southgate comes in. We get to a World Cup semi-final. And I, and I don't care how we got there, by the way. I don't care. 2016, we got knocked out by Iceland. 2014, we didn't make it out of our group. 2010, we couldn't beat Algeria. 2008, we didn't even qualify. Like, it doesn't matter how you get there. If you beat the teams in front of you, that's all you can do. And we did that in 20, uh, in 2018. Lost to a good Croatia side in a game we should have won, really. But, you know, inexperienced, fatigue. We learned from that. Euro 2020, get to the final. And we lost on pens. Like, these things happen. Like, you know, we didn't lose a game in normal time in Euro 2020, we d- we lost one game in normal time at the World Cup and that was a dead rubber against Belgium. Like, I don't understand what what more England fans want. You know, on paper, that's great. You know, big improvement, but no, 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 no. Apparently, we've got the best squads in the history of the world. You know, we're basically 1970s Brazil um, and Southgate is a dreadful manager for not winning anything with it. Now, You've got to understand how international football works, yeah? International football is not club football. In a league season, the best team, the team that plays the best football, that's the most effective, you know, you look at Man City and Liverpool, by far the best teams in the league, like, to watch, right? World Cups and Euros are not league football. They are so different. There's so many... It's a different game. International football is a different game. The, The managers do not have the same time with the players to implement a proper system. Like, how many international teams have, like, a... You know, the only team I could think of that had like an insane kind of style and were attractive and played like incredible football that I remember uh, was Spain. And that's arguably the best team, international team, well, definitely the best international team of a generation, one of the best international teams of all time. And that's because they all played together, most of them at Barcelona. Xavi and Iniesta, the core of that team, played week in, week out. Busquets as well, David Villa. Like it was... That's, it's incomparable, right? You look at F- France, even, in 2018. Their score on paper was amazing. They did not play great football. Like, they, there were some games I watched in France where they they grinded out, especially in the group stage against Belgium. They were not good, right? But international football is not about playing teams off the park, right? It's about winning games. And Southgate's record in tournaments, we win games. Whether you like him or not, we win games. We And... We do it in not a bad way. Like, we capture the imagination of a nation. You know, you look at the England team now, how popular they are, mate. I was gutted when we lost the Euro final, but that's all gutted for the team. Like, I didn't hate them. There's no hard feelings towards them. You know, you get a bunch of idiots who, you know, racially abuse Saka, Rashford and Sancho. But for the most part, everyone was like on their side, you know, like 
And I still stand by that now. People joke about Saka being a bottle job or whatever. But no, like people like Saka. People like the England team. And what more can you ask for than a team going further in tournaments than we've ever been in my life? And, you know, since for the last 60 years. And a team that everyone likes. A team that's young. And a team also that's made up of players from small teams. There was a time with England where if you didn't play for Tottenham, Arsenal, Chelsea, um, Man United, Man City or Liverpool, you were not touching that team. Mate. You weren't touching it. It doesn't matter who you were. Whereas now, you look at the, the squad that got to the Euros final, you've got Pickford in goal, who plays for Everton, who have been one of the worst teams in the league this season. And did he repay that faith? Yeah, Pickford was our player of the tournament, in my opinion. Harry Maguire was playing for England before he went to United. And look at him, like people, people boo Maguire, which is disgraceful, by the way. Harry Maguire has probably been the best England player under Southgate in his whole time. And I back that. If we had a tournament, you know, if we've got Qatar, Pickford and Maguire, they play 100%. Doesn't matter how they're playing for, the, for, the, uh, for their club. They play. Easy. Easily they play. You've got a midfield two of Rice and Phillips, West Ham and Leeds. Right, a previous manager finds a way of shoehorning Hendo and Mount in centre mid, and you know, I'm trying to think of, of unlike someone like Harry Winks. I, I promise you, under Capello, that's what happened because they play for the big teams. But Rice and Phillips have been allowed to flourish for England, and Southgate can take a lot of credit for Rice's development as a player. He's he the biggest games of Rice's career have been for England; they haven't been for West Ham. So, you know, don't get it twisted, and then. You know, okay, maybe the exception is Grealish, but Grealish is in direct competition with Sterling, who's again been amazing. And you know, in the last England squad, Gay, Mitchell, and Gallagher, he doesn't have to call them up. Like, he doesn't, but he does. He still does it. So, like, what more do you want? Like, it, it, it's just insane. It, it, it's incredible to me that, you know, England fans have watched the same England as me for the last 20 years. How we can complain about how we should be better is nuts. For international football, as I said, is not played on paper. International football is luck a lot of the time. It's knowing tournaments and it's just winning games, mate. That's all it is. If it's a 38-game league season, yeah, I think you can you can complain about the way you're playing. But England's record this year is nuts. England's record overall under Southgate is nuts. You know, and the future is so bright. You know, you look at the young players who are getting minutes under him, Pickford's still got loads of time ahead of him. You've got right-backs of Trent and James sorted. You've got Mitchell getting minutes on the left. Ben Chilwell still as well. Gay's playing centre-back. Ben White, like, obviously he's Brighton, but he's pretty good. Declan Rice, Bellingham, Saka, Foden, Mount even still, Grealish. Like, these players are getting so much time under Southgate, room to develop. England are only going to benefit from that. And the players respect it. The players have a good time while doing it. And that is so much of international football, mate, is, is getting the team to get along. So, you know, Lampard and Gerrard said that, and Rio too. England players, back in the day, we had a team of absolute superstars. Like, on paper, how is a team that has, you know, Rio, JT, Ashley Cole, Beckham, Gerrard, Lampard, Joe Cole, Owen, Rooney, Skulls, how are they not getting past the quarterfinal? Because they all hate each other. <laughs> like, and the England team now is not like that, man. They're all playing for each other. The team spirit is nuts, and that is what gets you through a tournament. Like, would it, like if you put Pep in charge of the England team, I don't think we go and win the World Cup because it's not about that. It's not about having a slick style and you know being attractive. It's just about winning. It's about winning, and you win by defending well. You know, every single good 
tournament, every single tournament winner has to be able to defend well. It doesn't matter how much tiki-taka they play, they don't concede goals. We didn't concede a goal at the Euros until the semi-final, which was a worldy free kick. And then we conceded one in the final, which, you know, you could argue it was coming, but equally, it was still, it was still from a corner. Like, it, you know... And if you do that throughout a tournament, you will get far. If you take, if you keep five clean sheets in your first five games and you score a few goals, you'll get to a semi-final like easily. Um, you know, it, it just it just blows my mind, man. You know, and obviously I'm biased, like, and people think I should ignore this, but Southgate's Palace as well. Like, why? He's a Palace Academy lad who is killing it with England, objectively killing it with England. People won't realise how good he is until he's gone. Um, and, and what I want to know is like, what more can you expect? Like, how how can you watch England of the last, you know, twenty years, and say that we should be doing more? Like, have you not learned from twenty years of disappointment for not just England? By the way, there are lots of very good international teams who have failed. France, as I said, best team on paper at the Euros by a mile. They shipped three goals to Switzerland, and they lose on pens. You know, did Portugal even did Portugal make it out of their group? You know, one of Portugal, yeah, Portugal didn't even make it out of their group, did they? You know, like it's like it doesn't matter what your team is like on paper. How often do pre-tournament favourites go and win? You know, Brazil in Brazil, home country, lose seven-one against Germany. You know, against a German team which was just well-oiled. It was a well-oiled machine. They weren't, you know, showboating, unreal like. You know, they were just well-oiled. They got job, the job done. And Brazil crumbled in front of them and they just exploited it. Like, they, they weren't blowing teams' socks off. Not every team can be like, you know, Jogo Benito, Brazil or Tiki Taka Spain. Those teams come around once in a lifetime. And to expect England to play like that is just wrong. Like, our squad is not that... It's, our squad is good. Don't get me wrong. Our squad is very good. And I think, you know, the, the kind of attitude and narrative around it is stupid because a it's wrong you know if you read twitter pickford's shit Maguire's shit trent like trent's overrated walker's overrated luke shaw like is overweight which is also not true Declan rice is overrated calvin phillips crap hendo's rubbish kane's overrated saka's overrated mount's shit Grealish is shit like but then also apparently we have the best team in the world and south gets underachieving so you can't have both of those narratives right but also, our squad's good, but it's not like, you know, it, it's a good squad, but it's not something we should be cleaning, the, the wiping the floor with the opposition. Like, the way you can tell how good your country's squad is, is how other teams view it. Like, you know, we fear France, right? Of course we fear France. We didn't fear Italy, but Italy still won the Euros. Do you see, do you see what I'm trying to say? Like, the argument of our squad's amazing doesn't work. It doesn't matter. You know, Italy... By the way, also, one thing to know about Italy is, we, yeah, we lost them. And yes, they lost to North Macedonia. But this Italy team also broke the record for the longest unbeaten run in international history. I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying. So, you know, yes, they lost a one-off game against North Macedonia, which is poor. They still didn't lose a game throughout their qualifying. You know, they did what they had to do against us. They took it to pens and they beat us. They did the same thing with Spain. You know, they're no mugs. People are acting like this Italy team's rubbish because they lost North Macedonia. They're not. On paper, they had an historic run, which ended in a tournament victory. So, basically, bottom line is, international football is not played on paper. You can't say our squad is rubbish and then decide that Southgate's underachieving with it. You've got to pick one side of that. Um, and realistically, the side to pick is somewhere in the middle, like... 
so you know it's perfectly valid to say that we haven't beaten many good teams but we have beaten good teams we did beat germany and the kind of the way the narrative works is if we beat a team they're not good and if a team beat us then they are good you can't you can't flip that you know croatia beat us at the world cup so they're good but then we beat them two years later so now they're not good is how that worked so again i said you need to make your mind up with these things bottom line southgate is severely underrated in my opinion he's transformed england into a likable team and a well-drilled team who you know despite limited resources in terms of center backs we don't ship goals you know he's sharing game time amongst young players and he's providing memories for us and that's all you want from england team 2018 summer mate, summer of a lifetime Everyone says that. And do you really think that England getting to the semi-final of the World Cup had nothing to do with that? Euro 2020, mate, what a time. That semi-final, I watched that Trafalgar Square in the fan zone. One of the best evenings of my whole life by, a, you know, cons- easily, easily. And that is because Gareth Southgate got us there and England players got there. So, you know, don't boo Harry Maguire because he's been bad for Man United, mate. What a rubbish reason to boo someone. Anyway, don't be saying Southgate should be doing X, Y, Z. The England team is achieving more, has achieved more since 2018 than they've achieved in the 18 years before that, that I can remember of being an England fan. So, Gaza, you've got up three Palace players, you've got us to two, you know, a semi-final in the World Cup and a Euro 2020 final. You're playing a good team, you've got a good system, you get the best out of the players. What more could you ask for? Uh, and if you disagree with that, then fair enough. You don't have to agree, but don't go to Wembley and start booing players. Don't jump on the, the backs of them as soon as they lose because... If we win in Qatar, which I still have us down as one of the favourites, doesn't matter, you know, people will say, oh, we're not the favourites, but then we'll moan that we're underachieving, so make your mind up. I still have us down as one of the favourites. If you if we win in Qatar, you'll be the first one to say, yeah, yeah, fair enough. So, pick a side. As far as a, a, a Palace fan and an England fan, I have it pretty good right now. Love watching both teams. Love what both teams are doing. Love the direction they're going in. Um, so, let's just keep a smile on our face. That's the uh, the moral of the podcast. Anyway, that is it for me. Thank you very much for listening. If you enjoyed the podcast, please do give me a follow on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, whatever you're listening on. Give me a follow. Um, follow me on Twitter as well, at TalkCPFC. Apologies for the delay, as I said on the podcast. I took a break. Been a mad few weeks, but I'm back now. Had to rant about something. It's difficult to make a podcast when you've got nothing to rant about. Maybe I need to be more positive with, uh, with my themes. Self-reflection time. Don't worry about it. Um, yeah, have a good week, everyone. And Monday night, Arsenal... Looking forward to it. Looking forward to it. I'll see you all then.